Hi everyone, welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. An apology to start off this week's show. My internet during the recording of this episode was absolute trash. So if there's talking over each other, if there's small gaps or even longer gaps where we can't hear me because my internet is rubbish, take it up with Sky. Hope you enjoy the show. Yo, this is Conan. You're listening to World of Wrestling Podcast with Tax and Rich. Boom. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Rich, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Tax Williams. We're not watching Raw. We're not watching oh, Raw. Mate. We're not watching. We're not watching. We're not watching Raw. <laughs> to be past 2014 is just the best thing ever. Like, I'm, I'm trying to think of any positives about that run. It's very, very minimal. Like, Steph and Dragon, and that's about it. But I'm so happy not to watch 2014 Raws anymore. And Jesus Brock Lesnar's, let's do it! <laughs> See, there's moments which are, like, hilarious. But you can go to any, like, Brit rest show and find a moment that makes you laugh, you know? Yeah, whether that be Travis Banks being booked in Mexico or Hannibal that's funny. That's just going sad. into his own business. <laughs> and this is a yeah. like quite a nice thing um, as we return to podcasting because we can do something a bit different. But yeah, as you've probably known, dear subscriber, and if you're not subscribing, why aren't you? Make sure you like, subscribe on your podcast app of preference. We've been away for the last few weeks after spending a few weeks away prior to that. But uh, you've not been a well boy, have you? Mm. So uh, yeah, the reason we didn't so we, we met up in person and we did WrestleMania Triple X, which was great fun, but an awful fucking show, but a good podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then kind of like about a week or so went by, had like, you know, some family birthday commitments and stuff. And we had some lovely times and uh, I started to get these kind of like red blisters on the back of my hands. And we're like, oh, I don't feel very well. Like the first thing that happened was my thighs felt like I'd like. I think I messaged you one morning saying like both my thighs feel like I've pulled the muscles or torn them or something. And your response I think was I made a Vince McMahon double quad. Yeah. And then like I used to get these like red blisters all over the back of my hands and the bottom of my feet and stuff. So uh, I ended up getting hand, foot and mouth disease. <laughs> I mean, it's not something to laugh at, but you know, it's mm. the sort of thing that if you go to school, like why haven't you got your homework? The dog's eating it. Why haven't you been podcasting? Oh, I got hand, foot, and mouth disease. Yeah, very much so. The amount of comments from work that was like either, oh, the cattle thing. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's hand and foot or whatever it's called. This is hand, foot, and mouth. It's like a fairly common thing, apparently. It just I can imagine makes, Ollie was sitting there going, ah, oh, Kreutz Yakov disease. Love <laughs> 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 I had a couple of conversations with Ollie, which was pretty much comparing what I had to the plague. And it was like, it's very medieval of you. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's not by choice, I promise. But um, yeah, so I sound, still sound a bit croaky. It's basically like the worst throat infection I've ever had. And then just like red blisters all over your hands and the bottom of your feet and like around your mouth and stuff. It was pretty vicious at times, man. It was, uh, yeah, yeah, not fun. Doesn't I would not recommend good. it. No. But, you know what? The best way to, you know, if you're poorly, if you're having to isolate for any reason at the moment, the best thing that some people do, not necessarily me, but most of the population do, is they'd sit down on the sofa, they'd get a blanket, they'd get a nice hot drink, and they'd kick back, and they'd watch some cinema favourites. They'd sit down and watch the movies. So, because we hated... I watched really good movies this week. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because we hated Raw so much, and normally, we get to this time of year... And the podcasts, 
we like to do a few things a bit different heading into the, the festive uh, festive times. And obviously, uh, we've got a few things we want to do before we get to our next mammoth series, which will definitely be better than the last one we covered. Thanks, Twitter voters mm. at World of Rest Pod, if you want to go and ruin any future polls. Um, we're covering a movie today. Isn't we that are. great? Well, obviously, you know we're covering a movie because you would have seen the title pop up as you listen to the podcast on your podcast app of choice. <laughs> so today, we are doing The Marine 2. Now, the good uh, thing is... the first one wasn't enough, you know? Yeah. The good thing is, you don't... I mean, it's a great podcast to go back and listen to in our archives at worldofwrestlingpodcast.com. But the good thing about The Marine 2, it is a standalone sequel to The Marine, which we've covered previously <laughs> back in our archive. So you don't even need to know the first movie to be able to enjoy this movie. But Rich... Enjoy is an interesting word, isn't it? But Rich, here we go. So obviously the last movie was starring... Big Match John, now big Hollywood actor, big Hollywood superstar. Now, more recently, the most recent uh, star of the Marine franchise has been The Miz. But, Rich, if you, people are unfamiliar with The Marine 2 and they're listening to this, who the hell is our lead actor? So, it was meant to be Randy Orton, right? Right. <laughs> but Orton broke his collarbone, as far as I'm aware. Self-harm is fine to get out of recording this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think he did it to himself deliberately, like just took a hammer to his, like a claw hammer to his collarbone or something. Like, I, I think he went up to Doc Sampson and just went, <laughs> <laughs> he went up to Doc <laughs> Sampson and was like, just tell him it's done, Doc. Just tell him it's done. But you've got to work. I want to I'll work. I'll just claim it's a broken collarbone and I can't do it. But replacing Randy in this epic role in the Marine 2 is WWE superstar, former superstar, Ted DiBiase Jr. You're like, hey. well, that was a bad choice. Who picked this idiot to be in the movie? Like, he's never been the greatest guy on the mic or conveying emotions, say the least, even in wrestling. And like, I would say being in a movie like this definitely exposes your capabilities as an actor much more than pro wrestling television does. So if you are unfamiliar with uh, Ted DiBiase's junior run in WWE, it spanned 2008 to 2013. This movie was filmed. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this on. movie was filmed in 2009. So this when he debuted, um, Cody Rhodes and Hardcore Holly were in a tag team together. And like doing the whole like teacher and apprentice learning the way. But, you know, unbelievably, Ted DiBiase turned up and Cody Rhodes ended up going with with Ted. They became the legacy. They were Orton's lackeys. They got to go towards the main event of WrestleMania 25. They had main events. Hell, they even beat Triple H, Batista and Shane McMahon in a six-man tag unbelievable this man was always picked to be the one out of legacy to become the man in the business based on his father's legacy see what i did there legacy but here's a problem rich i mean that's the gimmick right it's they're all second or third generation wrestlers that's the the gimmick yeah yeah and you know as time went on (laughs) but that's it but as time went on Leading into Mania the following year, I think it was Mania 26. It was Mania 26 in my notes, yeah. 
So it's around the time the movie's being made and Legacy and Orton, so they've had a run of about a year here. Oh no, they all start to fall out, leading to a triple threat at Mania between Orton, Rhodes and DBRC. What a fantastic opportunity to get a young superstar over on the grandest stage at the mall. Hey, Rich, can you remember who won that triple threat match? Hmm. Pretty sure that was Randy, right? It was broken collarbone Randy Orton <laughs> winning at WrestleMania. <laughs> so, uh, what a joy. And then after the movie was uh, released straight to DVD, um, we brought back the Million Dollar Championship. Um, I, I don't know if you remember this storyline, but he given the Million Dollar Championship and the storyline of Raw was that he began his look for a Virgil. <laughs> so he offered the position to R-Truth. <laughs> God, and then he bought in actual Virgil <laughs> to work. And yeah, I kind of remember this. Like, I, it was kind of during that time period where I, I've got it on. <laughs> How much I'm actually remembering or taking in, and not just immediately forgetting about. It's very limited, you know. Yep. And then after this, uh, he ended up feuding with Gold Dust, who uh, stole the million dollar belt, gave it back to the original million dollar man, who said to his son, "Do you want this belt back?" And Ted Junior said. No, I've got another belt in mind. Later that night, attack the hero of our last series, Daniel Bryan, setting up a one-on-one match at Survivor Series in 2010 to take on, to battle for the US Championship, which he lost. Then, the pinnacle of his career. He was a pro on the fourth season of NXT, where him and Maurice mentored Brodus Clay. Yeah, wow. you still, still, still with us? Still, still good? Still good? But then he did a face turn for the last two years of his run because he started doing the, the DBRC posse eh? uh, uh, where he arranged tailgates leading to, uh, to WWE uh, events. And then, sadly, for, um, for Ted Jr., on the 26th of August of 2013, he was suffering from depression and anxiety and said he wasn't renewing his contract which expired on September the 1st, and he left WWE. He made sporadic appearances on the indie scene from 2013 to 2017, but I think he's rest about four or five times in that time, and I think he's done. So, dear listener, obviously Ted realised, like Dave Batista, like Big Match John, he's got a career in Hollywood! So, Rich, how many films has Ted Jr. been in? Oh, I don't know. How many films has Ted Jr. been in? One. Cool. This it's good stuff. Blockbuster. <clears throat> so, uh, just so you know, your intents are breaking up a little bit. We are doing this remotely, lovely listeners. So, I'm just missing a few little bits you said there, but I got most of it. And I'm looking forward to listening to it back. <laughs> well, uh, I also if there did is a bit, bit of a delay. I promise I'm not ignoring you. Okay. Oh, that's fine. I I know also. You know, you could tell that I've had a couple of weeks since watching this actual movie. Um. I rented it on Amazon Prime. I assume you mm, did the same, not rather I than watching it through nefarious means. I did actually pay for it. I mean, it was three forty nine to rent it, and I was like, "Oh, go on then, Teddy. You can have my money." <laughs> my concern at this stage was, I've only got forty eight hours to watch this, and if I fall asleep, I don't have a window to watch this. So I paid the three forty nine <laughs> to rent it. I hedged my bets, despite being, you know, Johnny Billionaire. I thought I could pay five ninety nine and keep this forever but I rather oh. chose not to. But 
<laughs> no, I don't think you'd want to watch this twice. Uh, so uh, this was released in December, on December 29th in 2009. The running time of the movie is 95 minutes. I'm like, solid 90 minutes. Love it. That's really, really good. Like most movies are like three plus hours nowadays. So I was very, very pleasantly surprised to see this only ran at 95 minutes. Half an episode of Raw. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a really lovely way of putting it. So, uh, I mean, it's it's rated 15. It's directed by Roel Renier, I'm going to say. Who I think was in La Resistance. He <laughs> uh, may well have been. Uh, it was written by Christopher Borelli and John Chapin Morgan. Chapin Morgan? Mm. I'm going to say Chapin. Not, not names. Yeah, yeah. Not names I recognize, to say the least. <laughs> I mean, I can tell you they're not recognised. They don't have a link on a Wikipedia page. Say that again. Sorry, you just broke up. Oh, no. I said, you know, they're obviously not well known because they they don't have a link on a Wikipedia page. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't find much of their work. (laughs) So, obviously, it's starring Ted, as we talked about. Good old Teddy. And, um... There's a there's a bit of a cast. We've got Tamara Morrison, Lara Cox, Robert Colby. I'm assuming most people listening to this have no idea who the fuck any of those people are. But this film, <laughs> this WWE Studios dog shit film with starring Ted DiBiase Jr. also has Michael fucking Rooker in it. Who is <laughs> like top a-level list celebrity like unbelievable that he's in this fucking film like mel dixon mr spinning yondu is in the marine too with titty biasi jr and i'm like what the fuck is he doing in this piece of shit all i saw when i saw this i thought lara cox vince has got confused and thinks it's the bird from tomb raider um, yeah maybe so like she's hot wife right uh, yeah yeah she's hot wife yeah, do you, I know you're not really a movie guy. Do you know who Michael Rocket is? No, not at all. Like, like one of the very best guys. Like, so this is like very high level movie producers and stuff nowadays. Like the best directors in the world will regularly just bring him in as like a bit part character because they know they can rely on him. Like he's that good. He's the guy that is renting the scuba gear out to them. Oh, okay. Okay. Looks like kind of in this movie but kind of not in this movie as well. <laughs> I mean, no? basically, this, his character is very much on the lines of, I don't give a shit about this movie, about this character, mm. about yeah. anything until near the end. But he was probably again, there for a day's worth of filming and got to go oh, on holiday yeah. to some exotic island somewhere and got paid probably close to half a million odd for this at least, you'd imagine. Well, the budget for this film was only $1.5 million. You'd never tell. Yeah, and I imagine half of that was for Michael Rooker, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know the background to the story of well, this? Uh, this I looked on Wikipedia too, and apparently <laughs> it's based on the Dos Palmas kidnappings, which I'm assuming are, you know, an island resort that had some terrorists that kidnapped some people, right? Absolutely awful, awful story when you read into it. But this lasted like over a year, including like sieges taken over hospitals and churches. And even as recent as um, two years ago in 2019, they're still capturing um, 
members of the Abu Sayyaf, who are the members who were involved in like the Golden Harvest kidnappings as part of this. So nothing like WWE to dramatize something that's so traumatic in real life. And I know that's a lot of the basis of films, but you know, WWE have a track record of things like this. Hi, Jeff Hardy. Let's have every single storyline that you're, you're a drug addict and you're an oh, alcoholic. Right. Yeah, sure. So WWE, once again, utilizing real-life trauma, horrible situations to make, oh, that's right, make no money on this. Hmm. They're not exactly subtle or, <laughs> or balanced with their storytelling, I think it's fair to say. They're certainly not definitely being racist. Hmm. Yeah. This film is... Oh. <laughs> Oh, it's certainly in the, uh, I'm just going to say it, it's really fucking racist. Jesus Christ. I had to be so careful about how I was writing things. I <laughs> feel like, look, I know that I can make a joke about this and it's okay because the film is so messed up at times in terms of how race is portrayed. But like, you can see someone taking it the wrong way listening to the pod. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's pretty iffy very fine line is being walked this evening recording this because again Dude. i've got a lot of jokes that i think are very funny but i've struck through <laughs> about 90 percent of them yeah there was lots of rewriting and thinking hmm i can't say what they're saying so i'm gonna change the terminology a little bit you know things like that if anyway, only roel um, renee had rewritten a few bits oh no sorry it's a uh, borrell and morgan who should have rewritten some of this jesus so this is a WWE Studios film, as we talked about, you know, great track record there. But this was distributed, right, by 20th Century Fox, <laughs> dot, dot, I dot, know them, Home Entertainment. <laughs> Straight to DVD, this was not released in cinemas of any sort. It was, I mean, are you surprised? No, no. So I re- I listened back to our first Marine uh, review, right? Great. One of my favorite podcasts I think we've ever done. I listened back to a couple of other movie things we've done. Like the first Marine one is, is really good because we're basically stealing other people's gimmicks from like other podcasts and we're calling it like a wrestling show uh, because it has lots of individual fights. Like this is a bit more complex in terms of like narrative. So uh, one of the things I realized that the last few films we didn't do is we didn't give like a synopsis at the beginning to sum up what the movie was about so everyone had like a point of view to come into it from so i found a copy of the actual dvd that was released that showed the uh, blurb on the back do you want me to read it through i think it might be good because it's kind of funny oh, yes please set the <laughs> okay. scene from the back of the marine 2 dvd starring ted dibiase <clears throat> wwe superstar ted dibiase joining the few and the proud in quotation marks in this explosive tale of white knuckle action stunning effects certainly white white knuckle action stunning effects and true heroism for, for the marines you're like wait what does that make sense okay um, on and well-deserved vacation at an exotic resort marine sergeant joe linwood dibiase who will from now on be called Teddy and his wife, Robin, who will now be called Hot Wife, are attending a VAP party when disaster strikes. Ruthless terrorists crash the event and claim a number of hostages, including Robin! Exclamation mark. Spoiler! Alone in a foreign country with no backup, 
Linwood, Teddy, must rely on his marine training to single-handedly strike back at the terrorists, save the hostages, and prevent international war. And I'm like, if Vince didn't write that, I will be shocked. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. I've decided that um, for the purposes of this conversation, as a... Uh... For the for the time being, until the terrorists enter, we will refer to the terrorists as Michael Cole's boo. But then, <laughs> when the terrorists actually enter the scene, I have a note of what we will actually be calling Michael Cole's boo from this point forth. Okay, I think I call them the foreigners mostly. <laughs> oh no, don't worry. I've got a wrestling reference that makes them perfectly fit in. Don't worry. Okay, right. So, we open on slow... Oh, which we get into it now. <laughs> Yes, please. All right, here we go. In the Navy. Come on, protect you the motherland. You don't have to be afraid. In the Navy. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if that was the opening song of this movie. It'd be so much better if they laughed at themselves. But, oh, they take it way too seriously. <clears throat> I'm going to just throw it out there. I have excessive amounts of notes. I will try to skip the boring stuff. I didn't want to miss anything. It's, quite, it's obviously important, right? So... We open on slow motion water falling onto concrete and a gun falls into a puddle. <laughs> Symbolism. It's the Navy, get it? Guns, puddles. Puddle of mud, WWE band. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. A foreign child picks up the gun. I'm going to say Asian of some sort, but I will say at this point, most of this movie takes place in Asia somewhere. They never say where the <laughs> Did you notice? Well, that they they are fil- this is in Thailand. Yep. Thailand. Uh, you broke up again. Say again, sorry. Go on. This is in Thailand. Did they ever say it's in Thailand? No, but it's in Thailand. <laughs> where did you know how did you know it was in Thailand? Obviously, my only source of film knowledge, IMDb and also Wikipedia. <laughs> but say, but like in the whole entire movie, at no point do they go, right, we're off to Thailand or an island in Thailand or oh, <laughs> these Thai, Thai people <laughs> or whatever, you know, like they never I guarantee it. you, I guarantee you if there was a big fat wrestler from Thailand back in the old days, Vince McMahon would go, ah, oh, it's the Thailand island. Oh, that would have worked for me. But so anyway, a, a, a child picks up the gun and points it at another child. <laughs> the other child has a super soaker. Oh, not a gun. Hmm. And uh, immediately my opening thought is if this movie starts with a kid shooting another kid, I might be in. But unfortunately, both the guns are actually water pistols. And I'm like, okay, in the Navy. <laughs> It's a, it's a weird start. I mean, kids holding guns at each other. Who brings a super soaker to a gunfight? Well, what do you think they're trying to say with this opening symbolism? They're probably trying to say, look how rough it is here. Children have guns. Ah, okay. So, uh, but they're not guns. They're water pistols. Bang, bang. <laughs> <laughs> the hero of our story. <laughs> Ted DiBiase and his mate in full Navy gear are laying down on a roof, apparently spying on some kids. Bloody creepos. They discuss some literature. <laughs> could, see because... that Travis, could see that Travis Banks gets booked. <laughs> <laughs> they discuss some literature. They bring up, you know, uh, Army of Darkness and all this sort of stuff. And 
I think this is meant to like portray them as being smart, but this is the only time they talk about anything with any sort of like intelligence. Yeah, DBLC is going, I'm quite a fan of Tolstoy. What about you, our US Marine friend? Yeah, it's such a strange choice to have these two Marine guys be like, oh yeah, it's Heart of Darkness. It's an amazing book. And you're like, what? What's going on? And then, you know, we're in a street in apparently Thailand, somewhere in Asia, with two Navy guys on top of a roof. Obviously, a convoy of Lexuses enter the street like they're meant to, right? Pickup trucks. This is how movies will go, right? Yeah, and you know, you've got to get the Lexus endorsement deal in there. Hmm, <clears throat> yeah. So, um, the idea is that they're going to kill these fucks and these Lexus Lexuses. Lexuses is pluralized. It's a difficult thing to say. Um, but Ted and his mate have to change positions. Oh, no. They clear a different rooftop and sneak their way across. And, ooh, the lads in the Lexus unload some big fucking guns. Oh, no. Foreigners with guns tax. Oh, no. What will we do? General Adnan, Colonel Mustafa. <laughs> <laughs> They're just missing Sarge, really, aren't they? Exactly. I, I was surprised Teddy didn't turn around to be a um, a Thailand terrorist sympathizer based on Vince's booking of this movie. <laughs> the uh, dialogue here is amazingly bad. I mean, what else can you say? It was the shits. Everything is one disjointed line after the next. It's, oh, look, there's some bad guys. I am a sad man. I think I kill now. <laughs> like, I'm not joking. These are the kind of lines they were saying. It was, it was like someone wrote the movie and then someone came along and just added like every other line. <laughs> like, I had no idea what the characters were meant to be saying. It was brilliant. Like, I was generally pissing myself with laughter to the point where i had to show my missus be like watch this <laughs> their acting is so funny man i mean this is basically what happens at monday night raw isn't it we've got a script for this movie oh vince is going to rewrite the whole thing i'm just going to put this line in here i'm going to put this line in here i'm going to put this line in here it's raw it's an episode of raw yeah. in thailand it's definitely along those lines. This movie must have been rewritten like 50 different times by 10 different people and all sorts because oh, it's such a mess. Anyway, they uh, the two Marine lads on this rooftop, their, their second rooftop, they spot a high-level bad guy that may that they may not get another shot at. I'm like, <gasps> um, he's going to come out as well as going in the building. You get that, right? <laughs> but they don't seem to know that. But to top that off, Tax... They've got no helo ex extract either. What will they do? Fucking amateurs. Fucking amateurs. No helo. I mean, even bloody the, the Vomcopter ECW had a helo extraction. <laughs> We've got to take note of this no extraction point because this comes back at the end of this scene, by the way. So um, the two Marine lads are on the roof. Uh, there's also suddenly a kid on the roof who distracts Ted for a moment, who's about to take the shot. And they're like, oh, no, there's a kid. What the fuck? <laughs> Ted shoots the bad guy anyway, because he's like, I'm American. Bang. Shoots him with his gun. To which the foreigners open fire on Ted and his mate. And what are we calling them? The Michael Cole Boo guys? The Michael Cole Boo boys. <laughs> okay. The Boo boys. The generic Asian foreigners. These bullets apparently cause massive explosions. <laughs> like, what's going on? 
basically, Ted DiBiase has loaded his gun with the same ammo you'd load in a game of playing Worms on the PC back mm. in the day. Yeah, there's a couple of bazookas that have popped out here coming from pistols, <laughs> which is very impressive, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Ted like threw a sheep. Of... <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny when these foreigners have got pistols and like, you know, ARs or whatever, and they're on the ground shooting up at Ted and his mate on the rooftop. Like about 20 foot behind Ted, where none of these targets could get. <laughs> they're just like, boom, explosions. This is what action movies are. Whoa! <laughs> It's great, man. It's really funny. Explains why um, there was no pyro in WWE in 2009, because they spent the they budget spent it all on, this on this movie. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> By 2014, they were like, no, nah, we ran out. We've made too many marine movies. Sorry, lads. <laughs> oh, what a mess. It's fucking brilliant. Okay, so, blah, 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 blah. Everyone shoots each other in slow motion because, you know, we didn't shoot enough footage to show it in real time. So we've got to slow down all the action, make it spread out, you know, drag it out. No, that was real time. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that's just how they <laughs> just acted, like, you know, dying. a slow-mo spot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I say everyone shoots each other. The two marine lads execute half a town here. <laughs> like, they're just kicking the shit out of these foreigners. It's great. But they miss and, a um, lot. They miss a lot for marines. They're an embarrassment. Yeah. It does take them a second or two to kill all these people. You would have thought, you know being a marine movie they'd be like doo, 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 and each one would be like one shot to the temple or whatever but well judging by how some of these deaths happen later in this movie this is very sloppy <laughs> i mean it There's doesn't get any better ones. yeah and um you know they kill all these foreigners the the boo boys and they also kill the kid on the roof america <laughs> he deserved it he had a gun <laughs> Oh, he's foreign. Of course he had to die, <laughs> you know? No one will survive. What the fuck? This opening sequence is astonishing because Ted then turns around, tries to save the kid in slow motion, saying, come on, kid, breathe. He's going to make it in that tone <laughs> without moving his mouth once. <laughs> he's delivering lines through telekinesis <laughs> oh it's so good like the overdubbing here is so embarrassing the adr man ted's literally like looting over this kid trying to save him mouth isn't moving and he's going come on kid breathe <laughs> <Just> <laughs> like, what's going on so i mean that's our opening sequence i'm in i'm invested <laughs> they've killed a kid <laughs> Hmm. killed half a town we've got some foreigners with guns and we killed a kid and then um, remember that no helo extract thing <laughs> exactly they can't get out <laughs> yeah so um, we cut to Ted staring at the camera back at base no explanation how they escaped a massive gang of foreigners with heavy weapons shooting at them with no extract um, I guess they just kind of teleported out or something Yep, exactly. They went. They basically came up and went down in a drop pod, and it was fine. Yeah, deep strike, you know. Standard. <laughs> as long as they, as long as they managed to return nine inches from the edge of the table, they were fine. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. So back at base, I'm, I'm, I'm skipping over quite a lot here. So if there is anything you want to back at the PC, say, <laughs> back at the PC. 
<laughs> Ted video calls his wife. Uh, acting, I'm going to splice a bit in here. Here you go. Here's Ted oh, talking here we go. to his wife. Hi, baby. Hey, sweetheart. Oh, my God. It is so good to see your face. Oh, you too. Everything good? I'm coming home for a couple weeks. Really? Yeah. Well, that's great news. That means you can be my plus one. Plus what? All right, you remember me talking about Darren Connor, my super rich client, owns like a bazillion different businesses, real estate, hotels, casinos. Yeah, the one who wrote that stupid Get Rich book. Yeah. Who was it? Why shouldn't you have it all? <laughs> He's opening a new resort, and guess who's in charge of his super deluxe invite only? Opening bash. Who? You're an ass. Yeah, sometimes. So how about it? Five days of sun, beach. It's just a short trip for you. I was really just looking forward to getting back home. Back to Michigan. I'm sorry. It's my job. Bad timing, I know. Why don't you just come home? No, no, wait, look. You're my home. And it doesn't matter where I am. <laughs> I love you back. <laughs> Ted goes, you're my home. And I'm like, so I'm a house? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> you're my home. You want to go through my back door? What? <laughs> the script, dude. The script. It's amazing. Well written. Masterpiece. Mate, this section, I couldn't stop laughing. This video call between these two. I was like, this is fucking amazing. So uh, Ted and Hot Wife are in a tiny little plane. and They fly to some remote islands together. Acting. Um, the chemistry between these two is, how would you describe it? Wooden. Rubbish. Yeah, and not in the pants wooden, we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, like, they'd never met each other or done a, sc- done a read-through prior to doing mm. this scene. Yeah, you can see, what's her name, Courtney Cox or whatever? Lara Croft. Uh, Lara Croft. <laughs> Lara Croft is trying very hard. Like, she's obviously a reasonable actress and everything. Teddy is not all there and also his acting's pretty bad. <laughs> it was not good. It was mm. not good. I mean, so just so you know, um, this character, uh, Laura Croft, Laura Cox, she's actually um, a character who was back in the olden days. I don't know if you ever watched this because you're too cool uh, to watch Heartbreak High when you were younger. She played Anita Shippers. In Heartbreak I don't High. Know what Heartbreak High is. She was also in Home and Away occasionally, because obviously she's an Australian actress. Of course, you've got to be in Home and Away or Neighbours. Did she have an Australian act- accent in this? Nope, which means she's already better at acting than Ted. <laughs> I was about to say, I didn't. She was in Kangaroo Jack or our boys. <laughs> hey, it looks like she stopped acting around 2015 by the looks of it. Oh no, a couple of things. Home and Away 2017. Through okay, shame. So- <laughs> Yeah, not 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 a great deal of credits in the last couple of years. But I guess you know COVID and everything else can't blame her. But um, she's definitely <laughs> one of the highlights in this movie. She is definitely there. Hmm. Yeah. So they turn up to this island resort, going on their lovely break away from you know murdering people. But I mean, it ends up being a working holiday tax. <laughs> I do you know there's one thing I hate when I go abroad and it's having to be fighting terrorists and saving preventing international disaster 
as my dad would say whenever we'd gone holiday. Well, let's just, uh, you know, my dad sold antique books, right? Yeah. So my dad would always be like, well, let's make the holiday pay for itself and pop in this antique bookshop. I'm like, oh, come on, dad. <laughs> We're on holiday. Do we have to work? <laughs> Ted's like, we've got to make it pay for itself. I've got to do some killing. This is my job, <laughs> right? Um, I will say the uh, the open top jeeps and the palm tree is looking very Jurassic Park here. I quite approved of that. <laughs> so uh, they play fight a little, Ted and his lovely hot wife. Uh, and then Ted squares up, ready to punch a bitch. And I'm like, what's he doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's like this innocent little, like, oh, you're so cute. And the Ted's like, literally squared up <laughs> fist clenched i'm like don't punch her please don't punch her ted it's not not needed mate imagine that they've already killed a kid now he's punching a random lady <laughs> Turn up to that hotel he's like oi bitch boom <laughs> ah fucking hell so uh some hotel person in host interrupts them and goes on about hotel security and there's also going to be a party or something it's 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 really strange right so Part of this narrative is that Hot Wife is actually working at this resort, even though her ploy to Ted is let's go on holiday and have a break from working. But 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 she's working, and like this script makes no fucking sense, Tax. Yeah, they explained it like she's like, Oh, remember my boss when they were doing the um the really badly cut in video call back when he was at the PC. Yeah. And she was like, oh, remember my boss? He's got that island. We can go to that party. And as you said, it's like, oh, I don't want to go on holiday with your boss. Then they suddenly arrived there going, oh, hi, boss. Uh, yeah, I'm going to come to work. It's a brand new resort. It's opening today. Yeah, it's, the whole thing is so strange. Um, Ted is distracted by, the, you know, murdering a bunch of foreigners earlier. but <laughs> And the kid, I guess. But uh, Ted's hot wife tells him, I'm proud of you, even if you're saving the world or sweeping floors. I'm like, how about child murder? Are you proud of me then? Well, he didn't really murder the kid. He was just inept and couldn't save the child's life. Guilty. Fair point. Fair point. So um, a man in shades steals hot wife away from Teddy. Player. How dare you? (laughs) <laughs> um, Darren Connor, the billionaire's name was, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I didn't know his first name. They referred to him as Mr. Connor quite a lot throughout this. So, Mr. Connor, a billionaire, and you know, we're we've all been billionaires. I mean, not Teddy; he's only a millionaire. Yeah, bloody Ted. <laughs> so, <laughs> Mr. Connor is angry. That hot wife isn't doing her job. I'm like, didn't they just get here? <laughs> like, what's going on? Um, so Hot Wife has a surprise for Teddy. And Hot Wife heads off with Man in the Shades and his assistant leaving Teddy alone. I'm like, that's a bit of a sad surprise. <laughs> being left alone on a beach while your wife goes off with two other dudes. <laughs> surprise! I'm going to go and get boffed by the old billionaire. <laughs> so Ted's left alone to look a bit sad on a beach. And we get a bunch of lovely establishing shots of a foreign place. <laughs> These are straight out of the stock images, you know. Oh, it's a beautiful location. Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's rather lovely, I would say. Ted and Hot Wife 
trying to go scuba diving. And I'm like, shouldn't you be doing your fucking job, love? Isn't that what the last scene was saying? Yeah, she literally just got in trouble. <laughs> hmm. And said they'd going off scuba diving. Selfish bastards. You're meant to be working, bitch. Get on. <laughs> but, you know, a scuba, scuba place. What would you describe this as? A jetty, I guess? Uh, out to quote WCW legend Tony Schiavone, it was the jetty. <laughs> oh, the jetty. I love it. It's closed. But like true Americans, they are. They barge their way in anyway. And they're like, Michael Rooker, what are you doing here? <laughs> it's delightful. And he said, I'm a real actor. <laughs> Get out of my jetty. I'm being paid lots of money to do this bit part of this terrible movie you guys are starring in. Hello, you're welcome to my scuba shop. It's very strange. So uh, now, for Rooker, a scuba shop, I was, was going to yeah. say for a scuba shop, it's basically a jetty with a shack on it, with a couple of benches inside it. No till, mm. no booking system. Nope. Unbelievable. Not professional enough, I would say. For sure. So, uh, Rooker is the scuba guy. So scuba Rooker. Yeah, why not? Okay, cool. <laughs> Hot wife convinces Scuba Rooker to take them snorkeling by relating. She goes, We're both Yankees. And I'm like, Hang on. <laughs> you're not a Yankee. You're an Aussie. Lies, lies. But then, and but obviously, you know, as time goes on in this interaction, mm. we realize that both men have served. They have. The instant both military guys. The. He calls him a powder monkey, and he calls him a wet blanket or whatever. <laughs> They're like, we're relatable. We're both killers. <laughs> we're both killers. <laughs> it's, it's weird, isn't it? You kill kids, I kill kids. Let's get a snorkel and get cracking. <laughs> <laughs> the dubbing again here is amazing. There's a couple of lines that Ted says to Rooker. We're literally Ted's face is in the fucking frame and he's 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 saying words, his mouth isn't moving, and I'm like, what is this movie? At least take the shot of the back of his head if you're gonna do this, you know. Some of the voices weren't even Rooker's voice <laughs> for the dubbing. Mate, I swear to God, and all sorts of people doing weird dubs and stuff in this. Like occasionally you hear someone in the background being like, Oh yeah, I'll have a coconut. It's <laughs> like, why did you need to dub that in? It's so weird. Vincent McMahon was going, ah, Piper, Snooker, get it in. Yeah, it's like, uh, what's it called? Like, you're creating a scene, you're adding background noises. What's that called? Ambiance. There you go. You're creating ambiance in the movie. Anyway, so, Rooker decides to take out this lovely couple, Teddy and Hot Wife, to a small, unimpressive beach. <laughs> I'm like, it's not, I think it's meant to be like... Oh, here's your beautiful private beach. In reality, it's it's uh, some sand with a bunch of trees next to it. It's, I mean, uh, yeah. but this th- there was a purpose to show us this beach, which comes back later in the movie. Oh yeah. So there's a tunnel that leads back to their resort. Mister Rooker tells us, and you're like, oh, a tunnel, you say? I wonder if this will come in handy later. Meh 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 meh. Rooker heads off and leaves Ted and Hot Wife to get to the loving. Um, do you want to describe what you saw here? Uh, are we still talking about the tunnel or Hot Wife's tunnel? Wow. 
it's up to you, my friend. All I've got in the notes here is a case of implied intimacy. <laughs> Lots of canoodling affray as they hold hands and wander across this terrible beach. And in fairness, right, here's the thing I want to ask you very quickly before we get to the canoodling. Why the fuck did she suddenly have flippers on her feet and then all of a sudden the flippers were in her hand, literally walking out of the sea? There's no way she took them off. They're just, no, no, no. I don't like it. They are immensely irresponsible with their rented flip-flops. <laughs> flippers, whatever. Sorry. They're literally like, floating around in the water at one point when they're making out on the beach like almost being like drowned by the tide coming in it's great but and this is the thing right so they are mounted in the sand in a similar way you'd expect to see a turtle laying eggs in this beautiful (laughs) beach but what occurred was evidently they didn't get the tide right and the shot because as they were canoodling on the beach um (laughs) they were pretty much semi-drowned for like every single shot yeah it's, they look <laughs> like if this is you on the beach you'd be like should we just go like up the beach a little bit maybe <laughs> like maybe wait a second is that is, not... is, is, is that is that code <laughs> <laughs> yeah they almost drowned a few times it's great anyway so <laughs> teddy and hot wife there's a few inconsistencies with flip flippers as you said i keep saying flip-flops something with flippers and you know clothing and whether they're wet or dry, I notice quite often. There's lots of diving <laughs> yeah. in pools fully clothed. They're coming up bone dry. And I was like, hang on a dick. <laughs> What's going on here? That's got Back to the Future Marty McFly auto-dry jacket pulled straight yeah, on it. Yeah, fucking hell. Uh, Teddy and Hot Wife head back to the resort through the cave. Take note, lovely Ooh. listener. There's a cave that takes you from this beach to the resort. It seems to be about five steps from the beach to the resort, by the way. It's not much of a cave. No, which also then begs the question is, how far out did they actually go to find the scuba place? Hmm. So they're like, oh, we'll walk around the corner and we'll get this <laughs> boat back around the corner and swim back to our... No, it's... No, 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 mate, no, no. No one came out of the resort and turned right ever through the, this, this essentially what is an archway <laughs> into a private beach. They were like, no, no, let's just go left. <laughs> Every single fucking time. No one ever would turn right. Oh, the golf course. (laughs) It's so stupid. The private beach literally must be like be you must be able to see it from some of the windows of the resort. (laughs) It's that close. (laughs) They're just like, oh, look at this private beach I brought you to, Mr. Teddy and Hot Wife. Also, a quick question. Sorry, a quick question about this as well. So when you're looking at this this wonderful beach scene, Mm. it's clear. There's nothing there. When you see the resort and the lovely stills, you said there's there's nothing around it. It's just a resort. Mm. But miraculously, later on, there seems to be a considerable build-up of residential property that is not shown in any of these films. But they can manage to yeah. like walk there off the island, which is here's my island resort. I walk into the water. It's basically like fucking Narnia through those woods. <laughs> There's literally a helicopter shot here where they pan around the beach and go, look, there's nothing around. It's just a private beach. And then like later in the movie, the resort has a floating fucking town next to it. And you're like, where did this come from? Just floated in from sea. <laughs> oh, it's brilliantly stupid. 
So anyway, they head back to the resort. They have a chat about like, you know, anything without moving their mouth. It's very impressive. Like fucking ventriloquist dummies, these lads. They're fucking awesome. Um, so we cut to the evening. It's a black suit and evening dress dinner party at the resort. Everyone... Or as I call a Wednesday night. <laughs> hey. So as the camera pans through this party, they're obviously trying to get over the, this Mr. Connor lad, this douchebag from earlier who stole Hot Wife and everything, uh, is, is evidently written a book because literally everyone sitting around at the entrance to the party has the book in their hand or is reading the book or something. But then everyone who has lines in the movie isn't reading the book. And you're like, oh, <laughs> okay, storytelling. I love it. Good job. Also, bad, bad you know, direction. If you've got a book, you can hide the fucking lines in it. Then they can get them right and you don't have to dub them. Mate, that's probably the better way to do it, to be honest. So, good Lord, Quick sidebar okay. on that, actually, on that, on cool. that subject. I remember in my uh, older life, uh, my previous life when I was younger, when I used to do musical theatre. Mm. And I was in a production called Condeed. <laughs> Didn't now, know you were gay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I had to say. I love you. But my role was <laughs> my role was the narrator. So basically the role of the narrator, unsurprisingly, is to tell everyone what the scene is going throughout the entire production. And I stood there and they're like, Have you learnt your lines? I'm like, I'm supposed my character has a fucking book. <laughs> I'm just going to have the script in it. And literally just read off the script. And then every night afterwards, like people from the band would be like, can't believe you spent all that time learning all those words. They're in the fucking book. They're in the fucking book. <laughs> That's great, man. So Mr. Connor is a bullshit dickhead, as we've kind of established. And he confronts Hot Wife next to Ted. And Ted's like, I'm an American. You can't talk to my wife like that. Goddamn. So... <laughs> Hot wife then steps in and be like, "Oh, I'm sorry about Teddy." <laughs> like, no, hot wife, don't betray Ted, you bastard. Instead of getting him off earlier, I almost drowned him. So he's quite frustrated, yeah. Mister Connor. Fucking you know, use and abuse. Like, I've used you now, Teddy. We're gonna go off with my my billionaire, Mister Connor, and his books. It's <laughs> fucking great. I, I Vince McMahon. <laughs> oh, this very Vince character now, you say, yeah. So they say something about reporters and injunctions and it's just bollocks. <laughs> the exposition here is vague at best. It's just, he's a bit of a twat is basically the generic gist you meant to get. And I guess that kind of worked. The The other argument here, like you said, with these injunctions, the argument is, well, if you just give them a 20-minute interview, they won't print anything. Wait a minute. I don't think you understand the concept of a 20-minute sit-down interview. <laughs> Maybe they won't talk about the injunction, but they'll print something else. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Someone speak to Murdoch. (laughs) Maybe someone should have spoken to, you know, like, I don't know. (laughs) Who's a criminal? Rupert Um, Murdoch. uh, Yeah, well, fair point. Uh, Hot Wife introduces Mr. Connor's uh, speech. Uh, He's going to give a big speech as Ted walks off in a huff. Uh, It's it's not a holiday without a big argument, you know? (laughs) (laughs) What what a glowing insight into your holiday life. (laughs) Mm. Uh, Ted finds a ton of fireworks on the beach and Scuba Rook is here he does the fireworks as well as the scuba gear a man a jack of all trades Mm. so Teddy and Rooker have a bit of a heart to heart and Rooker's like 
You should just go fuck it. It'll be all right. Don't worry. What <laughs> one up the bum? No, I'm done. It's <laughs> great advice. Uh, there's some as they're having this discussion, which is basically like, ah, just go make up and fuck her. It'll be fine. They get this like beautiful cheesy like do 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 piano music in the background. And I'm like, oh, it's so beautiful. What a touching scene. <laughs> funny i mean you say funny you say funny i say heartbreaking <laughs> oh good lord uh so ted walks around gurning as some fireworks go off like there's a big fireworks display obviously because you know celebrations at the party and then what happens tax t-bar slapjack and the rest <laughs> of retribution arrive at the island <laughs> The masks are uncannily similar. <laughs> like it's literally plates. Some are messed up. Some are like half and half. You know, like these fucking terrorist douchebags. Sorry, separatists. I'm not saying the word terrorist in this movie. No, retribution. Retribution. Yeah, here. It, it's literally fucking retribution, man. It's so funny. So the way they do this is a firework basically gets fired at Ted, who ducks out of the way, and you're like, he's a ninja. That's <laughs> fucking great but it's not a firework it's a fucking bomb like explosion thing it blows up part of the hotel and we're like oh what an introduction it's so good i mean it's it's the start of an action movie there's explosions there's the clear baddies have arrived retribution are here to take over the island yeah well resort i think it's fair to say but, Rich, at the moment, we've only seen a sky shot of just this resort. There's nothing else on this island. Yep, fair point. Well, there is a jetty with a scuba place somewhere. <laughs> Sorry, the, 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 the jetty. <laughs> the jetty. Uh, Ted looks to the beach as foreigners appear and, uh, you know, retribution. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like the beaches of Normandy as they land. It's great. <laughs> uh, the foreigners invade the resort automatic rifles in hand blowing people away i'm like you can't do that it's a holiday resort not an american high school <laughs> fucking hell jesus ted winces as people die hot wife screams no at teddy so teddy snaps some cunts necks throws another <laughs> into a table the uh, retribution lads cheat, bring a foreign weapon into it, glass bottle over the head of Teddy, CZ dub, CZ dub. Can they do that, Joey? <laughs> Teddy steals a gun, but still gets beat up a bit. Rooker finds Teddy and drags him out as they leg it, leaving Hot Wife and all the other guests to fend for themselves. <laughs> None of which have had marine training, so really unfair. It's fucking great, man marine and army dude are like fuck this lads let's go <laughs> we're out of here <laughs> i mean what uh, what a scene so the story so far man kills people tries to save the child's life fails man mm. goes on holiday with wife turns out to be working holiday For hot both. wife's boss wants to boffer he doesn't yeah. get laid old scuba diving man with fireworks says go boff your wife retribution <laughs> arrive five rockets at hotel <laughs> imagine the pitch meeting the producers are like perfect <laughs> here's a million and a half dollars <laughs> go go and get rooker <laughs> oh it's so good 
As so Randy we... Orton laughs at his <laughs> fra- his broken collarbone. Yeah, fucking a. So we cut to Rooker, Teddy, a, a nurse, <laughs> some other person in a tent having a cigar or two. Like, what the fuck is this? And so they basically gets unveiled that there are some kind of like army camp base thing that's been established by yeah FCW. <laughs> <laughs> very much so um teddy is a sad boy teddy walks out the tent and it's the whole fucking local army's here it's great but the problem is with the local army rich they mm. can't decide how they're they're trying to decide if they should go in now but some government official who has something to do with the island and also something to do with this resort being here suggested that they might use um people from the independence to go in and mm. sort out the problem yeah, we need some indie workers, you know, the established <laughs> contracted stars are not doing their jobs. Yeah, we we'll bring it we'll bring in the indie workers. Maybe we'll, basically it's NXT 2.0. NXT rock up. <laughs> These are the good guys, right? They're going into war games. <laughs> Just going to send in Wagner and fucking Nonsteiner or whatever his name is. <laughs> Nonsteiner. Well, in fairness, you know, Wagner and Nonsteiner would not be lowering themselves to this facade factual so we get this kind of brief news broadcast from the hotel of foreigners are being mean to the hostages uh, and uh, a random hotel guest gets decapitated with a machete and i'm like yeah that's awesome i think you'll find it's called a machete <laughs> can we talk about ted's acting here please <laughs> i mean i don't know what you call acting T- ted has two faces Face one is open mouth, gormless moron, which is the vast majority of the film up until this point. And then he has mode two, which is squinting. <laughs> Months at acting school to teach him these fine talents. And this is right. I am not saying that Teddy's <laughs> face expressions could have saved this film, but by God, it would have been a hell of a lot. Well, it wouldn't have been as funny if he had actually shown some degree of emotion rather than think I need a shit facial expression from quite a lot of this. Yeah, you know the episode of Friends where Jerry does the acting class? (laughs) Yes. This is very much, oh, I really need a poop. Where is the toilet? (laughs) He looks around. He's also doing smell the fart acting for quite a lot of this. Oh, yeah. So, um, Teddy does some, you know, squinting and does some exposition with Rooker and they discuss what's going to happen in the movie pretty much and but Rooker can't join him he can't help Teddy he's uh you know he's he's got the life of leisure being a scuba guy and a fireworks engineer apparently he's lost his smile rich yeah absolutely so we cut to hot wife negotiating with some foreigners big fucking swerve they unmask themselves <gasps> to unveil Mustafa no no <laughs> <laughs> Dijakovic still keeps his mask on hmm so this bit threw me a little bit in what way hmm so when, when we have the opening scene and the two marines are on the roof they're definitively shooting Asian people right Yes. Then these people unmask, and one of them is definitively 
not Asian, right? Yes. Even though they're separatists who want to be just the locals, but the rest of them seem to be a significantly different race to the person who is leading them, who are also separatists who want to be separate from other races, right? That's but, what a separatist so, is. The, but these are the separate separatists. <laughs> fucking stupid this guy unveils himself he seems to be like a new zealander or maybe an aussie or something these other people are definitively either thai or like very definitively asian and there's there's a point in this movie later on where he's like all right little brother (laughs) what they're brothers like the casting here is unbelievably bad it's certainly a swerve it is certainly uh, a crisis of identity. Mm. So uh, the douchebag guy, Mr. Connor, with the book and everything, goes... Oh, Christ, stay cool, stay cool. Who are these people? They're separatists fighting the spread of Western influence on their country. You know what? People are working on getting us out. Okay? We just gotta stay calm and think with clear heads. Who are these people? (laughs) (laughs) The separatists fighting the spread of Western influence on their country because they just know these things apparently. It's great. (laughs) Tamura Robinson Morrison walks up to him and goes, I respect you, book man. Oh, it's strange. It's very strange. So basically, the uh, separatist lads are trying to get money out of Mr. Connor because he's, he's rich. Yeah, that's the idea. He's got a yeah, book. He's he a must billionaire. Be rich. He's got he's got money to pay. Yeah, he's got you know litigation and a book, so must be fine. Yeah, we get the money out of this guy. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, brilliant. Could they not go for a more like you know? established rich character or something like some sort of world leader maybe to give it some significance they already did but it's been rewritten seven times and they had you know not much of the time left to film so this is what they came up with yeah fair point so we cut to the army in the jungle with teddy some diplomatic advisor lad who we talked about has some hotel blueprints tax he knows the hotel inside out they just had these laying around right and the good thing is it wasn't even digital it was a massive roll of blueprint. Hey, yep. guys, let's get seven canisters just to hold down these rolled up blueprints. I just carry them with me everywhere I go. Yeah, but they're, but they're not going to they're not going to assault the um, insult. Yeah, that's the word. Uh, the, uh, the hotel at all. So uh, Teddy is here to be like, I'm American. Yes, we fucking are. <laughs> He's a one man band. He's a one man mm. gang. So back to Teddy and the diplomat guy after we see some terrorists for a bit. Are we still calling them retribution without the masks? I guess we still are. Yeah, retribution. All right. So the retribution lads in the hotel with their hostages. We cut back to Teddy and the diplomat guy. Teddy is super duper sweaty in his grey t-shirt. Well, you know, that's because he's been in the water earlier. (laughs) Again, cutscenes are not working well. (laughs) <laughs> they bring in their mercenaries, their indie workers. And the mercenary guy takes <laughs> over from the national military guy. I, he's just like, yeah, we're in charge now. <laughs> like, I guess this is how the military works. What? Well, this is how this is the view of America versus the uh, these mercenaries work and these mm. international armies. Indeed. 
So the uh, mercenary lads, the indie workers, start to infiltrate the resort. More shaky cameras gonna, than raw. They're going to do it. And it, we're only like half an hour into the movie. It's over. It's, yeah. it's just going to be an hour of credits. So... <laughs> the lead mercenary guy is like, Hey, Teddy, don't you follow us in there. I'll shoot you myself. And Teddy's like, ah, I'll follow you in. It'll be all right. <laughs> so head mercenary guy as they're infiltrating this resort turns around sees ted and goes oh go on then teddy <laughs> so hands him his fucking sniper rifle like go on then go kill him you're like i think you're risking the mission here mate by handing some random dude your fucking gun but he turned around and he was like hey you're ted dibiase off the telly here's a gun <laughs> you're off the telly mate <laughs> we, we've seen you in our local television show hang on Wait a second, oh, you don't have great. TVs here. Uh, Ted wins. kills a guard, clean headshot. <laughs> respect, respect, respect. <laughs> so, Ed Mercenary Guy and Teddy are now best friends because, you know, killing or something. I, I assume double murder is like an unbreakable bond between mates. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not, I can't speak from experience, thankfully, but... <laughs> It seems like it. I mean, it crosses racial boundaries and everything else, you know? Good old murder. Gotta love it. Heartwarming. So that's, the... <laughs> that's the thing. Everyone can get on if we do a bit of murder. <laughs> There's some interesting moral like, lessons in this movie, you know? Um, as the mercenary guys continue their infiltration, Rambo style through the water, for some reason, they don't just walk in and kill them. They're like, we've got to go through the swimming pool in the front of the hotel, okay? <laughs> Well, they're trained. <laughs> they're Marines. Retribution they and the Skinner. <laughs> Skinner comes out. <coughs> As one of the mercenaries betray them. Oh, no. Team two are all dead and they were shot in the back. Oh, the turn. No. The turn. Blondie, apparently, has betrayed them. I, I have to um, applaud it, the names of these some characters. lovely lad betrays his mates. Blondie. Bantock, thick set, delightful. Young tourist. <laughs> Some great writing. So only Ted and the head mercenary guy, respect, are left alive to fend off the evil separatists. Head mercenary guy goes, ah, oh, it's a trap! Like full Akbar style. It's <laughs> great. The spotlights come on. Ted and the head mercenary guy are literally exposed. Two spotlights shining at them in the middle of this kind of courtyard with gunmen surrounding them. And what happens, Tax? What do you think, dear listener, would happen in this movie? Does the white man perish? They try and escape. They try and escape. <laughs> run away! Run away! <laughs> it's what they're trained to do. Retreat. A tactical retreat, I believe, is the uh, the technical term. For the second time in this movie, Ted runs away. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's so great. Maybe the third time if you count the opening scene as well. Like, Ted <laughs> does a lot of running away in this fucking movie. Jesus Christ. So, we get Randy Orton, a real former life Marine, doing that. <laughs> I mean, 50 lads who were apparently trained military, you know, separatists, I guess the word we're using, with assault rifles 
uh, spotlights on the guys they're trying to shoot and surrounding them can't hit a fucking barn door with a banjo. It's <laughs> great. The plot armor is so strong here, dude. Well, you know, they've been at a party as well. They might be intoxicated. There might be hors d'oeuvres. You know, they're not thinking straight. There's a duck confit knocking around, around the corner. Yeah. So, Teddy and his mercenary mate get away in a Jurassic Park style open top jeep, you know. No, no so roof protecting so, them from being yeah. shot. And again, as you said, great aim. They're literally an open moving target. Mm. But no. Ping! Ping, ping, ping. Crack. <laughs> Bouncing off the, uh, what would you call it, the scaffolding almost of the, the truck? Yeah, the roll cage. Yeah, it was like, oh, so stupid. The uh, separatist lads take it out on the hostages. They're like, oh, someone tried to come invade us. We're going to beat you up, oh, you stupid hostages. But our lead separatist guy is like, no, 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 no. We massacred one earlier by chopping his fucking head off, but... Let's not kill them now. We don't need to send a message. It's fine. We're going to get our money. We know how to play the terrorism and the hostage game. Is this a These face buzzwords turn? that AI is going to be having on this, this podcast with the thing that it's saying, I'm pretty sure when this is released, there's going to be a lot of, hmm, we've got a lot of uh, words linked on this audio messaging. <laughs> <laughs> going to have to trace these guys' calls for a little bit. Do I have to say allegedly a bunch? Is that better? No, no, because we've already said the words terrorism, <laughs> gun, quite a few times. Hostage. I think, I think you overestimate the policing <laughs> of the world. <laughs> With our listenership, my friend, it's going to be difficult to not be able to be like have some kind of dawn raid by the time it's uploaded. Yeah, sure. So um, I guess he's less murdery separatist now. Oh, he's 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 the money man. He's thinking. We know if we off the hostages now, we have no collateral. You know, if, if we're going to list on the stock exchange, we're not going to go without some release notes. No, no, no. We're going to keep these guys alive, and then when we don't get what we want, you know, it's 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 hostage one hundred and one. Keep them, defend them, threaten to murder one at a later date. Anticipate that no one will dare try and stop us, and we'll get what we want. Routine. He goes from being very brutal and very vicious to quite logical and, you know, not very mean. <laughs> I don't know. Well, and, not... a, and also, after a machete has been used, he'd be like, that's made quite a bit of mess in this lovely palatial uh, resort. <laughs> Maybe he's a bit squeamish. Fancies a bit of lunch. It's like, ooh, it's capitated body there. Feel a bit queasy. Oh, well, so there's, there's another kind of weird face turn here as well. When... Um... Mr. Connor stops Hot Wife and another lady from being murdered. And I'm like, isn't he meant to be a douchebag? Well, that, that it's the smoke and mirrors of this movie. It's, he's the baddie. He's the bad guy. But now, retribution are the baddies. <laughs> but they just turn face as well. No, no, no. Don't be fooled. Don't be <laughs> fooled by the need for money. This man's got money, and he's using his money to protect his his bit and the other one. Are you sure we're not just going like TNA 2013 and we're crossing the line and everyone's a tweener? I mean, 2009 TNA. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, this douche book guy has a little tussle with the Separatists. The Separatists went from being 
very murdering to being quite surprisingly passive during this sequence but it is what it is uh, and ted decides oh i'm gonna go uh have a chat with scuba rooker and try to convince him to come invade the resort again and rooker goes oh, i'm not gonna do that but i'll help you tool up mate and so he kind of like goes into this tool chest of goodies but it's all off camera so we don't actually get to see what teddy's taking but well, the implication is the secret stash revealed you know people might visit that island <laughs> yeah sure so scuba rooker lends teddy his boat as teddy walks away rooker goes wait a minute <laughs> it's like yay scuba rooker is now gonna join teddy to fuck up the separatists right tax this is what the story is leading to. This is the build-up. This is what we love in logical WWE booking. They're going to form a Ted tag team. team. <laughs> they form the tag. And the way they kind of do it is Rooker goes, wait a minute. And Ted stops, turns around, and nods at the camera. And I'm like, oh, acting. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Cue the epic hero music. Tag teams, tag teams, tag teams. But we all know Vince doesn't like a tag team because Rooker gets in the boat, drops Ted off, and has a cigar and leaves. <laughs> like, no, Rooker, what are you doing? I fucked you up. I fucked you up. That's what happens. That is the, in wrestling terms, Teddy went for the hot tag and Rooker dropped down from the apron and sped yeah. away in his boat. Literally everything is implying that, no, here we go. Here's the big assault. Here's where Teddy and Rooker are lovely, strong, powerful, wankery Americans. <laughs> go and fuck up all these separatists, right? And Rooker's like, I'll drop you off, mate. Have a nice time at <laughs> the island, the uh, beach from earlier. And so this is where Teddy invades through the caves, archway, whatever you want to call it. No one's covering that cave either because it's such an unobvious entrance point to the resort. Yeah. Are you going to cover that really obvious route to that escape route? No, 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 no. No one knows about that secret massive archway. Yeah, no, no one turns right going out of the resort. Don't worry about it. We just got to worry about them coming from the left. Okay. Look at that floating island 10 miles offshore. <laughs> that we can it's walk to in, in two fast. seconds. Oh, it's so stupid. We don't need no mercenaries anymore. He's an American. So he's going to attack in broad fucking daylight. <laughs> like, I what are you doing? I need a hero. <laughs> the Lex Ted. Express pulled up on the beach. <laughs> Ted, he's a Marine, right? He's snuck through the cave system. He's at the resort. Whoa, he's like, the cave system? He walked down the corner. <laughs> He's got the backpack on, which you assume is full of tools from Michael Rooker or whatever. But he doesn't just walk in the hotel room and go and find the hostage. He's like, I've got to jump in a pool with my backpack on first. <laughs> Buoyancy aid. <laughs> to That's help brilliant. It's so funny. Imagine swimming through a fucking swimming pool with a giant blue backpack on, mate. How stupid is this? <laughs> Stop talking about me swimming. You know I still can't swim. Oh, mate, in broad daylight, like 50 henchmen standing around the pool. You're like, I know, I'll sneak up on them by splashing around in this pool. <laughs> but no, but that's the, that's the cover-up with the backpack. They're probably like, someone's left their backpack in the water. <laughs> Should we shoot it? <laughs> no, nah, it's just a flying backpack, mate. <laughs> so funny. The logic of his decision-making here is just genius. But um, 
uh, just to throw a movie thing out there. Have you ever seen Predator? Um, I know of Predator. Okay. If he, you're he also once had a tag team with Alien and did a film together where there was, you know, animosity uh, after the barbershop window. Less of a tag team and more of a let's try and kill each other film, but it's, it's fucking Yeah, awful. exactly. Alien versus Predator. One Alien put Predator through the barbershop window and then there was all beef. Yes, that's that's how that movie went. Anyway, there, there's a a shot which is straight stolen from Predator where they pop up out of the water slowly. It's it's very lovely, but you know, whoever made this movie, I can't remember the guy's name. He's definitely watched a lot of action movies. Let's put it that way, because he's just stealing scenes and such. It's homages, I guess, is a nice way to put it. But <laughs> Ted pops out the swimming pool, fucks up some henchmen, pulls one off a bridge, stabbed. <laughs> Stealthy. He finds a bunch of fireworks and puts them in his backpack. And I'm like, which was empty the whole time? <laughs> what? And also, that's not safe. There's firearms and you're going to carry fireworks in your backpack. Did he never watch like the firework prevention videos like never return when a sparkler's been lit? Those yeah, horrible adverts from the 80s. Like also a stupid idea to go swimming with a backpack on, filling it full of water inevitably, and then chucking all your fireworks in said soaked backpack. Or maybe that was a preventative measure he learned in the <laughs> Navy. Carry fireworks, but make sure they're slightly damp first in case you would come under fire. Mate, that's so stupid. It's brilliantly dumb. I was pissing myself laughing during this bit. I had a lovely time. Um, but the, the whole dichotomy of going to Michael Rooker, tooling up, putting all your stuff in this backpack, going for a swim with the backpack, it's that important. And then getting to a bunch of fireworks randomly. Whoever made this movie had a really good deal on fireworks, by the way, because they feature in like every other sequence. Have you noticed this? You do realise as well that the backpack was actually full of tools and he went into the water but hadn't zipped it up. Oh, so all falling out. <laughs> like, oh shit, not again. We got to zip it up. <laughs> the distractions for the, the separatists. They're like, oh, what's this AR-15 doing in the pool? Did I leave mine there? Have you got yours, Dave? Why is, my, why is, yours, why is there a Swiss army knife floating in the river? Oh, so fucking silly, man. So funny. The diplomat lad and the army commander back in the jungle have a bit of a shout at each other. And the separatists find lad Teddy stabbed earlier. Oh, he stabbed him off a bridge tax. What a bastard. How did this body get here? Is this one of ours? Mm. We, we all look the this same? Terry? <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, wait a minute. We don't all look the same because we're, all, we're not from the same. Hang on, this guy's not a local. Are you sure? Who knows? <laughs> Ted uh, starts to make his way into the building and we get this scene whereby the hostages somehow work out that only Teddy is coming to save them by overhearing some radio messages or something. I'm like, okay, <laughs> just move on. Ted's seemingly in some sort of big shed now of sorts. He kind of like pops his head up to a window puts his forehead clean off you in the window and then slowly lifts his eyes to look out like, I don't think that's how windows work, mate. I think anyone would have seen you put your head up first. Oh, what's that slab of meat doing in that window? Nothing's there. Is that slab of meat moving? No, it's just an optical illusion. There's a pair of eyes. Get him. (laughs) (laughs) And in all seriousness, this scene is where this movie turned for me to become beyond ridiculous. Oh, yeah. 
it's from about here that it just gets i mean it's been silly up until now now it starts to get very 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 silly so ted sees the heels setting up some bombs <laughs> so he, teddy fucks them all up stabbed dead kick dead <laughs> ted tortures a lad and i'm like wait what why is he torturing a lad? He knows where they are, right? The resort's only so big. It's like, the hostages, where are the hostages? They're like, mate, they're in the resort. Are you fucking blind? <laughs> like, they're right there. It's a very big resort. We saw the sky shot for it. <laughs> He's very lazy. <laughs> fucking tell me where they are. Find them yourself. What? Yeah, I'm going to put your arm in some sort of trouser press. <laughs> and when that doesn't work, I'll put your face in the trouser press as well. We should, Again, we should, probably should have covered. He was. We should have probably covered that um, he was being. Um, you know, he was basically torturing this chap using a trouser press. Yeah, it's an odd choice of torture device. Bet it's a Vince McMahon gag. We're going to get him to. Okay, Mister McMahon, we're going to get him to use uh, pliers and threaten to pull off his fingers. Don't use that trouser press. <laughs> <laughs> So the separatist lad gives up where the uh, the hostages are. They're, they're in the restaurant. And Teddy goes, what did you say? You've got an accent. I can't understand you. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. He has to confirm like three times. What did you say? <laughs> like he genuinely doesn't understand what the guy says. So funny. Whilst also squinting at him. <laughs> of course. He squints the whole time. That's acting, right? That's how you act. Oh, that's great. Um, and, uh, Ted suddenly gets chased off by some other separatist lads, and Ted's got an assault rifle from somewhere. <laughs> His wet backpack. <laughs> like Houdini's box in there. <laughs> he had it tucked in his trousers, you know? That's what Marie said. <laughs> These separatist lads give tortured lad a shotgun to the belly because he blabbed to Ted like, Papa! dead and everyone shoots at teddy teddy runs away again because america (laughs) and as teddy runs away bang explosion slow motion running slow motion shooting bang explosion slow motion shooting this is an action movie tax so the separatist lads and uh mr connor do some talking money transfers Blah, 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 blah. Uh, we cut back to slow motion shooting of big guns. Uh, and it's like, literally, there's so much slow-mo here. It's very obvious they didn't shoot enough action. And they're like, we're just going to slow it all down. Stretch out this movie to 90 minutes, lads. Like, we've probably got like a, a 75-minute movie. And we're like, we've got to get to 90 at least, you know. Um, and the plot armor is so strong for Teddy. It is genuinely embarrassing at times. Even a fucking grenade won't take Teddy out. He's the next big thing in WWE. Of course, we can't have him injured or die. Sure. Cue the rock music and ninja shit time. Teddy gets a you made me bleed my own blood moment. <laughs> he stops and wipes the blood off his lip and stares down these two ninja badass kicking kung fu bastards. And we get a real pro wrestling segment here. We get a big boot, hip toss, a kind of roll. Back elbow, yes kick, scoop slam, Teddy's on fire, <laughs> three-way drop kicks. A weak-ass looking rock, look rock bomb. He really should be delivering this better. Rock is ashamed. Yeah, well, you know, 
Rock won't watch this shit. Finish comes with a Yakuza kick through a wall and a foot to the throat chokehold by Teddy. And I'm like, what a heel maneuver, Tax. What a maneuver. <laughs> He's choking a dude to death with his foot. That's kind of a heel move, right? It's not the right thing to do when you're the American hero. Yeah, fucking A. And your winner of the match, American Ted. Back to the jungle. American Ted. <laughs> Back to the jungle where they do more talking. Terrorists want to release the hostages, apparently. They'll only release the hostages to the diplomat lad. Ooh, how convenient, Tags. This all seems very concerning. Hmm. The diplomat lad will take the chance. He's a brave, brave Sir Diplomat. We all need a hero, especially when we work in government. <laughs> anyway, back to Ted creeping around the hotel resort, spying on people and setting off fireworks for some fucking reason. <laughs> Cut to Rooker admiring the fireworks and he sits back and goes, son of a bitch. <laughs> like, what is happening? All I saw from this scene, looking back into trying to mirror this to a WWE event, this is Austin in the bar during the invasion. He sees the fight, and this is Rooker sitting there going, smashes a pool cue on the table and leaves to get into his, you know, his SUV. And now that's it. Rooker's on his way. <laughs> <laughs> Rooker looks into his old crate of goodies and takes out a pair of army boots. Doctor Mar is Doctor Mar is Doctor Mar is boot boots, and Teddy uh, rescues the hostages. Who are completely unguarded. <laughs> well, Teddy's taken out quite a lot of the ninjas of Retribution. So mm. now they're unattended while they're trying to kill the American. And uh, yeah, our hero has now got the hostages all by himself. Yeah, apparently, you know, fireworks that Teddy was setting off are separatists Achilles heel. They're just like, oh, look at the pretty sparkles, the boom booms. <laughs> Who's sparkly? Oh, there's a Catherine Wheel. <laughs> Let me tell you a fun story about a Catherine Wheel, Jeeves. <laughs> Ted and the hostages just kind of walk out the hotel, but a ninja kicks Ted in the face. <laughs> Can he do that, Joey? <laughs> what a run in. Ted's reaction to being kicked in the face as well, Tax. That's beautiful. Best sale job of the movie. <laughs> Oh, man, it's proper comedy. Like, turn to the camera and go, Whoa, my face! <laughs> it's so good. I love it. Uh, he's one step away from going, Why did you do that? How? <laughs> <laughs> the fireworks have ended, so the Separatists now have all the hostages tied back in the hotel. The diplomat lad is also here. Not much of a transition to get the diplomat lad in, right? We didn't see an exchange attempt or anything and just like no no diplomat's a bad guy too didn't see that one coming <laughs> he came in by his own apache helicopter <laughs> they haven't got helo extracts though right <laughs> <laughs> he this diplomat lad is an evil separatist too Boo! oh there are so many there are more turns than big show in this movie this is all my fault you know i pursued connor convinced him to bring his money to Kusang to share some of that famous Western prosperity, to build a palace I could even afford a room in. You know, when the deal was signed, I didn't get so much as a thank you. But Kana here, 
started diverting the water supply and making this island his own private toilet. Who got the blame? All my life, I gave to this island. Never once did it give back to me. And then Debo came to me. He promised to restore the balance, to take back what was stolen from us. To be perfectly honest, at this point, all I care about is the money. You killed the mercenaries. Just sent them to die. That was my part of the deal. I send in the mercenaries. Their failure forces the military to stand down. I just have to be sure they failed. And why should Damo keep you alive? We are freedom fighters, he and I. And Damo wouldn't kill a brother. You know when this diplomat guy is explaining his reasoning? Using sensible logic about the island? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my question. Did it make any sense to you? Like He's talking something about a palace? And then making the island a toilet. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, it was very much on the lines of this island, this this building, it was supposed to be a palace for our local people to bring money in to fund our local people. All that floating island is only two miles offshore now. We can do this. But then he came here and he built this paradise and there's no money for us and he's ruined the scenery. He's not even put solar panels in. What a prick. He's left books That's all over the be. fucking beach. Everyone's reading them, the bastards. They're not reading our local novel. <laughs> Ted's response when he's talking about the mercenaries, he's like, you sent them to die. <laughs> it's so good. No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. <laughs> Mate, the uh, fucking diplomat guy even drops a, no, we're freedom fighters line. And I'm like, hey, action movie cliche bingo card just got filled. Freedom Fighters. Also, isn't that a banging song by Creed? Um, the head separatist and his little brother, <coughs> brother, uh, head to chat some shit and put a bomb around the diplomat's neck. Oh no! It's all he deserved because he was a two-faced scallywag. <laughs> he just turned heel and joined their faction, and they're like, "Nah, we're gonna blow your head off." Well, you know, they don't want to share the money, share the fundage. Johnny Big Bollocks, Mr. Connor, has already agreed to pay the money. He's waiting for the bank transfer to come through because apparently, in that make of the woods, instant bank transfer doesn't happen instantly. <laughs> Have you transferred the money? <laughs> yeah, we're just waiting for it to come through. How long is it going to take? Did you send it, what, Western Union? What, what did you fucking carry a pigeon? Yeah. It's good, isn't it? All the hostages, apart from Ted, now get a bomb around their necks. Oh, no. Hot wife gets taken off. Smiley lad who starts to torture Ted with a pen of some sort. And I'm like, what's happening? But Ted's His like, ha His swear. insulin levels were low. <laughs> Ted's like, oh no. And then fucks this guy up anyway. Stab. Ted kills a bitch. <laughs> Hostages and their bombs are now all tied up in separate bits of the hotel. You know, spread them out all over the place. Most Nice most, equal uh, distribution of explosion. Yeah, collateral damage, right? Ted frees himself by pulling his hand out of a handcuff and i'm like is that oh, how nasty. handcuffs work look at that nasty wrist injury he gave himself oh <laughs> bloody wrist always getting in the he way he could have been like a proper action hero who used his power to split the chain between the two cuffs in half but no teddy used his ladylike wrists to slide them out 
Then he grabs a submachine gun off a dead henchman and goes to work by slitting someone's throat with a knife. <laughs> like, what? Why did he grab the gun? Because it does. Because it actually came from his magical backpack of dreams. <laughs> The logic of weaponry and how he kills people from scene to scene is so fucking stupid. He had an assault rifle a few scenes ago and he's like, where's my assault rifle? Uh, I had to fuck up some ninjas with a fucking chokehold, you know? Like, oh, it's so stupid. I see you've played Knifey Spoony before. <laughs> <laughs> Little brother lad spots Ted and it's on! Fight! Little brother has Ted vulnerable with a gun pointed at his head. Ted's like, oh no, I'm gonna die. And then Scuba Rooker to the rescue. Boom! Down goes the little brother. Our hero is here at last to earn his half million dollars. Yeah, finally Rooker decides to turn up for the last scene of the fucking film. The uh, head separatist tells the other separatist lads to kill them all. And I'm like, hey, you turned face earlier. What's happened? Like, just gone full heel now. It's like some quadruple turn free-handled family credenza bullshit going on here <laughs> the more handled family credenza that's yeah. the one <laughs> the head separatist lad even slaps around hot wife and i'm like no not hot wife don't slap her you bastard at this stage has the month has the wire transfer completed yet because you know if it's like kill all the hostages because <laughs> now right he's been there for a quite a few hours now he's, mm. he's probably quite tired he's like Ah, oh, fucking cut my losses. I won't take the millions of pounds, sorry, the billions of pounds from this lad. I'm just going to fucking kill everyone and just cut my losses and head back to that floating island that's now only a mile offshore. Yeah, so he's running away with Hot Wife as Rooker and all the hostages all make a move out of the resort while Ted chases down the Uber heel now and his Hot Wife. Oh, don't forget, Rooker had to start removing the bombs off people's necks. Yeah, he did. He did indeed. The Which he just left spread around the hotel apparently careless because <laughs> the uber heel separatist sets off as all the bombs are also set off as ted does some dramatic slow motion running and diving into a swimming pool get it he's a marine bombs and water it basically looked like the start of jackass <laughs> yeah absolutely they do that massive like slow motion explosion thing I well, I watch more than three movies, really. Yeah, I watch six. <laughs> I'm not sure Jackass really counts as a movie, but you know, it's what it is. It's in a cinema. <laughs> yeah. Explosion here, explosion there. Hostages disregarded their bombs all over the fucking place, apparently. But it looks quite good on film, so there we go. Fucking drooling their bombs everywhere. <laughs> the head separatist tries to blow up Teddy with a bomb in the caves of love from earlier. Like, oh, he left a trap. Caves of love. <laughs> caves of love? Do you like that? The heartthrobs were in there. <laughs> Hot wife sells it like Teddy is done for. The Uber heel drags Hot wife away and into some sort of floating town that's now arrived at the fucking scene. Where did this come from? <laughs> Finally, it's arrived. Glacier has arrived. He walks through the archway. We're definitively, definitively defined. That's an interesting phrase. That there was a pro- small private beach there. He's like, nope, floating town. <laughs> like, what? Welcome to Narnia, Thailand. <laughs> so stupid. So as they're running away, and his whole wife is being dragged along these kind of like series of jetties and houses that are floating on the ocean which apparently were there the whole time. 
Uh, Ted nobly drags himself out of the cave of love and persuades, uh, sorry, and pursues Uberheel and Hot Wife into the floating village and onto a boat. <laughs> it's like, okay, where did the boat come from? Well, that powers the floating village. That's oh, the I motor see. that steers the floating village around, <laughs> conveniently looking like a fishing vessel. But they've got to wait. As this top se- heel separatist is jumping onto a boat, doesn't he know he's fighting a marine? Well, that, the good thing is at the moment he's jumped onto a boat, so he's not currently in the water. He's on the water, so he should be okay. Oh, I think marines are pretty good on boats as well, Tags. <laughs> Rumour has it. They do all right. <laughs> Boats are kind of his thing, so Uberheel jumps Teddy for your main event of the evening. <laughs> it's American <laughs> Teddy versus the Uberheel lead separatist lad. Mustafa Ali. Yeah, Mustafa Ali, who's uh, you know, from New Zealand. Um <laughs> but he's a separatist for Thailand, even though he's from New Zealand. Vince McMahon, he's a sympathizer. <laughs> For our hero of the story teddy does a significant amount of cowardly running away in this main event six time runaway champion 90 <laughs> percent of this movie is teddy running away from danger right and half it's in slow-mo as well to stretch it out to 90 minutes <laughs> yeah this sequence is very very slow-mo and very very squinty um i guess we have to get Uberheel's pr- prowess over as they kind of dive through these uh, walls and houses, villages, whatever you want to call them, this floating town. There's, there's a sequence of something that happens here, but it's in so close, it's proper Kevin Dunn, like, just get close and move the cameras, it'll be fine! <laughs> it's, it's Dunn a producer on this one as well, because normally him and no. Vince are exec producer on quite a lot of these films. I assume Kevin Dunn is knocking around somewhere in the credits. Uh, I didn't see, to be honest. If I wouldn't be surprised if he was involved in this sequence. The direction is fucking dreadful, mate. It's really, <laughs> really bad. So they, these two lads smash through a wall and they're like, have some fight. <laughs> they have a fight with some sticks. <laughs> You're like, where'd you get the sticks from? From the backpack of dreams. <laughs> <laughs> what, what else you got in that backpack? Sandwich. Ooh, yummy, thank you. <laughs> Sandwich. A couple of other hot wives, you know, a couple of separatists. Just a spare few. And a partridge. <laughs> <laughs> now here comes my personal favourite moment of this entire movie, right? So... You have Hot Wife as a hostage. You've got <laughs> Uber Heel and Uber Face Teddy fighting each other, right? So Teddy gets <laughs> shoved off a jetty and falls jetty. down. Jetty, sorry. And falls onto another jetty where he <laughs> smashes through the wood that's on the on a platform or whatever. And he looks to his left and he goes, Oh, hello, wife. <laughs> Who's in a net? And you're like... In a ca- no, not just a what? net. A net in a cage. A net in a cage in a trapdoor. It's so funny. Like, how did she get there? I don't know. I can't, I can't find a moment where the Uber Heel had time to run across to one side of this floating village, trap this woman in a net and in a cage underneath the jetty, and then run back to the boat. <laughs> well, I th- now this is where so the confusion. Uh, this is where the confusion lies with me because I thought she was trapped on the boat 
So I thought she was on the boat in the trapdoor in the net in the cage through the uh, sealed trapdoor, and then he fell from the jet a onto the boat, and that's when he discovered his wife after he fell through the wood. But I could be wrong. Uh, let me just check. No, because I think they then jump onto the boat. I'm sure they do. Well, maybe it's onto the boat, but like whatever it is, it's it's very confusing. Well, it's, it's all part like, of the floating island. At no point did they run in a circle. They just ran in a straight line down the jetty, and the boat's there. I guess he's got a magical mystery boat that just jumps from the one in the floating village to the other. Then, hey, don't quiz what's in the magical bag. This magical <laughs> it's like lost. They should have never left the island. Just multiple boats with the same place in time. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the space-time continuum is not happy in this fictional <laughs> island outside of possibly Thailand. Oh, it's fucking great. So Ted th- falls through the, I guess, the surface of the boat. <laughs> and Hot Wife is there. And he's like, oh, hello. Uh, Uber Heel then charges Joe. And uh, Joe grabs a harpoon. I called him Joe. It's Ted. Sorry. That's his character name. The Uber Heel charges Ted. Ted grabs a fucking harpoon and stabs that motherfucker. <laughs> like, yeah, let's go, Teddy. Whale fish, whale fish, whale fish. <laughs> oh, Mr. Scruff reference. Look at you. There you go. So, uh, Teddy and Hot Wife are like, ah, oh, we killed him. Yeah, let's make out. <laughs> <laughs> but what happens, Ted, is they're making out. <laughs> I'm not Ted. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're taxed. Close enough. One one day difference. <laughs> I'd love to be taxed DBLC one day. Um, well, we haven't used up our full quota for explosions and pyro. <laughs> we've got one. We've got some left over from Mania. <laughs> one leftover cliche to go, you know. Well, of course, there's all these bombs knocking around. There's a bomb round hot girlfriend's neck, isn't there? Oh no, she's about to blow, and not in a good way. <laughs> How? <laughs> I'm quite proud of that one. <laughs> How are we possibly going to get this off? We're going to rip the bomb off her. Throw it. <laughs> Enter the pit of Sarlacc, little bomb. And off we go to the races. It's like the 4th of July on this Taiwanese boat floating island. Kaboom, kaboom, kaboom. Colt, boom, boom, cabana. Explosions are plenty. Yeah. They blow up the boat. Retribution guy goes full Al-Qaeda and blows himself up as well as the boat. But it's okay. Ted and Hot Wife do a slow motion dive into the water. And they look uh, super sexy and all wet for their next scene. That's why they dive into the water, right? That's the purpose. Wow. 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 Why is there a shark biting my toe? Wow. 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 So they have a bit of a make-out session, you know. Murder does that to you, right? And uh, Ted um, drops. That, uh, surely that'd be the first thing on your mind. Oh, I've almost we almost got killed. Pretty stonking hard on right now. Do you want to <laughs> do anything about this? Just saved your life. Just even outside the trousers will be fine. <laughs> Just murdered a dude. Oh, murdered like thirty other people. I had a kid earlier. <laughs> I'd done a lot of running away. Do you want a bang? <laughs> Put your hand in my magic bag. Oh, that's not my bag. Look what else I've got in my bag. (laughs) (laughs) That's the audio version of a dildo. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) I wish we were in person for doing this. Yeah, sure. Ted drops a, 
I thought my job was dangerous. <laughs> Which is where the movie should end. But for some fucking reason, they ADR in a bunch of other lines where Hot Wife goes, I love you so much. Let's go home without moving a fucking mouth. And we're out of here. Way. Oh my God. This is so much better than Raw from 2014. The act, oh, yeah. the in-ring style was better. The storylines actually made more sense. <laughs> and you got was, a payoff at the end. It was only 90 minutes, Tax. Oh, what a delightful movie this was. But let's be sensible about this. Would you rate this better or worse? than the original marine so uh for me it's crocker shit minus five stars one of the worst movies i've ever seen significantly worse than the first marine movie and the first marine movie is significantly funnier has helicopters uh, and terrorists with big guns and boats and all sorts this is just like ah get a holiday resort get some dickheads with guns Uh, where are these uh, guys gonna be from Ah, uh, who cares? <laughs> but they're going to be separatists, right? Yeah, that'll be fine. Uh, what should we do? Uh, plot twists? <laughs> it's just such dumb, illogical bullshit. And Teddy's acting is fucking atrocious. But it does have Michael Rooker in it. So, yeah. Minus five, plus a Rooker. Well, here we go. So, Rotten Tomatoes scored the original Marine as an audience score of 60%. Okay, so that's better than half. So well done, Big Match John. A proper Marine with a nice explodey lorry at the end. Mm. Whilst obviously um, the story didn't make sense, we had a jewellery heist, people killing the people in the jewellery store. That was really good. Have a guess. Ooh, Higher or lower? Really what good. Was... <laughs> I don't know about that. In comparison to what we've just watched. But yeah. Rotten Tomatoes, so obviously, you know, it's audience score, 60% for the Marine. Higher or lower for the Marine 2? Uh, definitely lower. Correct. 34% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's great, isn't it? Do you know what I know the funny thing about this whole, you know, where movies get reviewed and stuff? I didn't look at Rotten Tomatoes, actually. I tend to use a different website, which is called Metacritic. Have you heard of it? No, of course not. I don't watch movies. That's okay. Uh, there's lots of reviews and all sorts. I do movies and TV and film and stuff. And TV and film and movies. They're the same thing. <laughs> but music and whatever. Um, according to Metacritic, not only does this not have a review, this movie doesn't exist. Which <laughs> <laughs> uh, made me just cripple myself laughing. And I was like, oh, <laughs> it's not even listed. That's great. I mean, of all the movies we've covered so far when we've done specials on the pod, and I know we've done like Santa with muscles where, you know, I still think the best line of the podcast ever was Hulk Hogan was petrified by a small black child. I think that was one of your great lines from the podcast. Well, the timing was good with this whole race (laughs) issue and everything, you know, it's not not bad if you don't get caught, remember? Dickhead. We did Santa's Little Helper with Paige dressed as uh, Brad Maddox's uh, Wet Dream. Yeah. So that was quite... Uh, Which I quite may rare. have unlisted because I felt a bit mean <laughs> about that one. So we've done that. Yeah, we, we got Would we went rate... really hard on Paige there. <laughs> like really so hard. So did Brad Maddox. <laughs> yeah, sure. It was like that times a million for like two hours. I was like, yeah, I just feel bad. <laughs> Back to this. <laughs> Working at WrestleTalk's changed you, your corporate sellout. 
But of all the movies done, I think the barometer of shitness is Scooby Doo. Was this better or worse than Scooby Doo WrestleMania mystery? Or better. This this was funnier. <laughs> Scooby Doo yes. did nothing for me. Like it was that was real, real slow, like a real drag. This had some explosions and sexy time and silliness and all that sort of shit. This uh, was yeah. the worst non-cartoon movie we've watched. Yeah, definitely. So, um, have you got a rating before I go into my final little bit? I don't think it's fair for me to rate movies purely based on the fact that I don't watch enough of them. And I think Forgetting Sarah Marshall is quite funny. So I don't think I'm really <laughs> able to <laughs> gauge any... Uh, it's a Dracula musical. That's brilliant. Who would want to watch that? Um, yeah. <clears throat> I've eaten the cornflakes. There is no score. Okay. okay. Zero cornflakes. Give, give me just it. like, you know, your own opinion, your own roundup of what you experienced watching this. Oh, this is fucking diabolical. You know, <laughs> I watch things like Fast and Furious because I think it's funny because it's hilarious the amount of... They went into space this time. Mm. That's funny. That's yeah, ridiculous. Sure. This, I think, with a 1.5 million budget and an A-level in theatre studies, I could pr- make a better movie than this. And I think <laughs> this is where the bar is set. Yeah, you could put four people in a room just talking to each other with a reasonable script and it would be better than most of this movie, to be fair. I hate phone booth, but the fact it's just a monologue for two hours is already better than the dross that was served up here from a WWE studio movie. But I would like to say that I think with the Miz involved, these might get better. <laughs> well, I don't think we're going to find out anytime soon, but we will commit to doing Marine 3 at some point in the future, right? I think you'll find it's called the Marine 3 Homefront. Hey, but here's, awesome. here's the last stuff. twist. Because you know that Randy was supposed to be in this one yeah. and he declines due to a collarbone injury. Well, he again was supposed to be the one for the Marine 3. He was cast in the lead role. But then, do you remember some backstories around the time of why Randy Orton left the Marines? No. He was apparently a bit of a naughty boy oh, and he yeah, had a negative association with the Marine Corps. Yeah. So he... Uh, they wouldn't. They didn't want him to do it, so they replaced <laughs> Randy Orton with the Miz. Okay, that's pants. All right. So to finish off this pod, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a significantly low rating. I noticed that there was no critic rating at all on Rotten Tomatoes. Is what you said, right? There was just an audience score. Yep. That that's fucking hilarious. Because <laughs> like the the most nothing of movies has some sort of critic score, but apparently not this one. So uh, I did check out on IMDb. Did you have a look on there about this movie? I had a bit of a look on IMDb, but I don't really understand it. I was more to look at the cast okay. than anything. So IMDb, this has an audience score of <clears throat> 5 out of 10. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but did you like, read the comments? Did you read the comments? I did. Uh, let's finish off this podcast by reading through some of these comments. So Wine underscore Dracker says... A little better than expected. Five out of ten. <laughs> like, what do you mean? This next one is. Br- this next one's brilliant. <laughs> oh, well, I picked some out, so I don't know whether I've got the same oh, ones good. you've got. But like, if you want to read some out, feel free to, man. I'm gonna go uh, Snoopy style. Stiff acting. <laughs> Three out of ten stars. Although a tough mission, Marine Sniper Joe Linwood goes with his wife Robin to a well. Uh, bleh, bleh. Yeah, basically it's like a full on review (laughs) (laughs) and then my favourite is zero out of one found this helpful (laughs) amazing 
So Wizard Dash 8 says, I thought the first Marine was passable. So I was curious about this entry. Ted DiBiase may not be the worst actor ever, but he is very unemotional and bland. <laughs> like my next fight. Isn't that the definition <laughs> of a worst actor being unemotional and bland? Oh well, I mean, considering this got a four out of ten star for this person from a Calanvus dull DTV sequel. Ted has charisma, but I prefer the original. One out of five found this helpful. <laughs> Flash Callahan followed that up with Cena was better. <laughs> Five out of ten. <laughs> here's, here's someone's obviously uh, who's a massive japester. Fantinga, give him hell, Marine. Eight out of ten stars. Fucking hell. If WWE Studio kept making action movies like the Marine franchise, I will v- be very pleased. <laughs> <laughs> Didman897 follows, follows that up, that eight out of ten, with uh, the Marine 2 had a similar story to the Marine. The plot is that Ted's wife is taken as a hostage. Nine out of ten. <laughs> um, Eb Wubar, one out of ten stars. I wondered why this was DTV. <laughs> okay, last one. Jam Movie Review says, Afternoon popcorn movie with the guys in the Navy. <laughs> Come and take the motherland in the Navy. Come on and join your fellow man. <laughs> so good. I mean, this was a great waste of an hour and a half of our lives watching this. Um, You know what? Like all good, like because you know, I people are trained now, like the Marvel movies, to watch until the end to see if there was like a teaser for the next movie. So, like a good reviewer, Rich, I watched these credits to the end to make sure there wasn't a tease for the Marine Three. No, there wouldn't be one. (laughs) And you know what? What a waste of time. Those credits rolled for a very long time. Yeah, I mean, we've got to make a 90-minute movie, tax, you know? <laughs> they only filmed about but eight still, minutes worth of footage. The, the eight minutes worth of credits were more enjoyable than the previous 93 <laughs> minutes of action. Uh, I'm very happy we managed to fix your internet connection about two-thirds of the way through this because it meant that I could like laugh a lot more with you. That was good. Like the first, like, I apologize for uh, my terrible internet. Amazingly, my little hardwired gadget seemed to be uh, dropping in and out, so I'm going purely on the Wi-Fi, so that's... Wi-Fi better than hardwire tonight. Oh. Cheers, Sky. Well, we'll Thanks see in the that. future. We'll, we'll give it a test and make sure we get it sorted for next week. Whereby we have a few options of what we're going to do, Tax. So much has Ooh. happened. I mean, we have a schedule, but at the same time, there's been a couple of other shows that we talked about maybe doing. We have. I mean, to be honest, hmm. and whilst I am a huge fan of covering AAA and Triple Mania, I... I don't consider Triple Mania Regia to be a Triple Mania event. Yes, it's the 49th of, uh, edition of Triple Mania. I only want to do the numbered Triple Manias, right? Because this is like Triple Mania Regia 2. But 50,000 people in a stadium, very, very nice. The problem I have, Rich, and I think we said this with the card, this show for Triple Mania was actually all right. It's too good. It's way too good. Yeah. <laughs> so that's yes. There was the wonderful combination of sh- sublime and stupid. Yeah. And they fucking demasked Murder Clown. Did they really? They took the masks of the clowns off at the end. No fucking way. Fucking furious. So I don't. Th- on principle, I don't think we should cover that and give it that press coverage. <laughs> Holy shit! Although, I didn't know that was it a mask versus mask match? Like a no. No. <laughs> just no, unmasked. They were them. just just unmasked. Said dickheads. <sighs> but. You know what was even more annoying? 
I paid 17.99 legitimately through fight to watch this and had to switch back to the Spanish commentary because Matt Stryker really fucking annoyed me. <laughs> See, told you. I told you. I fucking told you. He's awful. So I'd say no to I'm that. I'm glad you come around to my way of thinking about Matt Stryker, man. That's made me so happy. <laughs> Only because he was in a completely different location to his co-commentator as well. It's basically like oh God. how we would have done o- OWE. Mm, yeah, sure. So, um, and, and, fi- and final battle we mentioned. Yep. And whilst I think it would be nice to look at it, I think by the time we get around to recording it, it's already going to be a bit past it yeah i mean we we can just say pretty straight up we all loved the beginning of roh it definitely fell off in the middle section and it's sad to see it go and apparently it's going to come back and it's not really a death and maybe i think they should let it die at this point but i don't think we really need to cover the show it was it was fun no. there was lots of good stuff like adam Sher, braun Strowman, whatever turned up fdr turned up to do stuff with the uh the briscoes which is going to be fucking awesome even though we're not meant to like the briscoes anymore because they've got some douchey opinions and such some really fucking horrible opinions apparently but um you know it's, it's it was it was fun enough and it's uh i hope roh can stick around maybe i hope tony khan buys the tape library mm. because if they want to do an AEW streaming service at some point in the future they need more content considering like half of AEW's tv career has been at like daily's place with no fans sure they need to have content and i i you know you see the numbers dotted around the net but i think for like 600k for a tape library sinclair should bite their fucking hands off yeah maybe so um i think um it would be nice to have a few kind of feeder promotions that um, AEW can work with that maybe aren't quite on the level of like an impact in New Japan or AAA, you know, which I know they work with those companies, but having an ROH and GCW where you can send your guys and have them work matches when maybe they're not being used on TV as much and keep them, keep the, keep the, keep the, uh, what's the word, keep their fitness up, however you want to put it. Yeah, keep them, keep the ring rust off, keep them match fit. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. I think ROH would be a lovely addition to that little family, but who knows? So, in that case, next week we will be doing PWG's Bask, Bask, I'm English, Bask in His Glory, the last show in Reseda, California. It's going to be good. This will be my first PWG event to watch. Awesome. Well, so I'm looking forward to it because we've wanted to do PWG, uh, PWG for a long time and we had our NWO run, then we went into Aces and Eights and then for some reason, I think we were excited about our Dragon Run <laughs> and we just missed the spot show. So again, while we get through Christmas and New Year, we're doing a couple of the spot shows of the people, we, uh, the shows and the promotions we want to cover, but then we will start giving more teasers as the weeks go by to our next series, which is going to be a mammoth series but it's going to be totally worth it yeah i uh, certainly wouldn't lose my smile about that series me subtle <laughs> <laughs> like a sledgehammer where can we it find came us? out of teddy's backpack that sledgehammer <laughs> by the way uh where can people find you and your work on socials uh, at fanboy rich on twitter how about yourself at the Tex Williams, uh, I spent the entirety of 2021 undefeated in the world of professional wrestling. Me too. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> it's 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 amazing. And and here here's the kicker. So you know, I mentioned uh, it's always fun to finish the story. So obviously, if anyone's still listening into this, it's uh, quite funny. So 
You know, I mentioned to you previously, um, I had reached out to a local wrestling promotion and said, hey guys, double jabbed, happy to work with you, know some of the guys who's on your roster, I see you rotating your commentators, if there's an opportunity, I'd love to you know, give it a try, I'd love to try out, I can send you some of my stuff, it'd be brilliant. And you know, I told you previously, I probably told you off air, that a, uh, a previous trainee who I had worked with had got a shot at doing a, a, a match sure. on commentary there, and fair play to work, go, you know, take your book and go get it. And I'm sitting there going, okay, well that's probably predetermined, no problem at all. And then I was scrolling through socials and a uh, former SEPW referee, now sort of currently referee uh, for various other promotions, Steve says so. Really nice guy. Really like Steve. Steve was booked to do fucking commentary. <laughs> right. So uh, a, a trainee who's never had a match <laughs> and now a referee. So once again, the Tex William ego has been very much smashed in the face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, get our podcast a good therapy in there but in fairness and I, I said this to one of my uh one of my mates the other day and i said he was like so are you gonna do are you gonna do much wrestling next year i'd like to wrestle one match because then i've technically wrestled in three decades that's a nice thing i'd like to do sure but i'm also very much aware that i hurt walking up the stairs so probably won't do that and then i thought would i rather if i'm given an entire day to go and sit in some little village hall somewhere to watch people wrestle and talk about it when I can do it and post at home? Or would I rather spend the day playing Warhammer with my friends? <laughs> Warhammer it is every time. Awesome, man. Right. So uh, I think we'll have to leave it there, dude. That was, that was a lot of fun. It's nice to be doing anything that isn't, you know, Raw from 2014. It's absolute delight. Thanks again, everyone. Um, don't forget to follow us on our Twitter at World of Rest Pod. Give us a like, give us a subscribe, let us know what you think. And I hope you enjoyed the Marine despite my terrible internet connection this evening. <laughs> Buy some merch, Amazon.co.uk, search World of Wrestling Podcast, it'll come to the top of the list. We've got loads of t shirts. We've got a WCW star t shirt out. Oh, it's so good. Buy our stuff so we can buy our children Christmas gifts. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Hello, this is Rich. Uh, immediately after recording this podcast, we realized next week is Christmas. So instead of doing PWG, we're going to do a Christmas special episode. Uh, we will do PWG Bask in His Glory afterwards. So the 28th, I think we're going to put that out. But uh, next week, which is the week of Christmas, we've got something special in store. <laughs> well, uh, see you next week. Bye-bye. The louder you guys are, the better the wrestlers will perform for you tonight. And that's why I kicked your leg out of your leg. We're tough. We can take it, baby. You got to penetrate in the back, in the back, baby. Oh, I can see what you're talking Wait just a minute. That, 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 Where is that referee? Where can you begin?
He was trying to fuck on me. What can you learn to fly playing sports with skin diapers? Where is that referee? Sign up for the big band Austin in the grandstand. He was trying to fuck on me. It's a lady. Yes, you can tell the seven seed. Ted DiBiase.